absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to Leave the Pin In Podcast. we got a lot to talk about this week, but first, let me introduce my co-host. As always, this is my buddy, the man with no numbers in his name, um, just Scott. Scott, what's the good word? Yeah, you know, usually I read uh, the the doc because I want to see what you're going to say so I have a reaction to it. And uh, I just don't have a reaction to not having numbers in my name. I just I just don't. So how many how many Scots you think? Most there? people most people don't. All right, how many Scots you think there are in the world? Uh a lot, millions. See, so, like you would not want to be called Scott 6,278,000. No, nah, I feel like that's some kind of like weird dystopian thing, um, and yeah, I don't, I don't feel the need to refer to myself as as a number. Uh, you know what I do kind of want to do is come up with a, a nickname for myself, like Meta World Peace. Oh, oh, Muhammad Ali, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like one of those names that like it's not actually my name, but that's what I'm gonna go by. All right, well, let's get to the topic at hand. Um, go, f- go for it. The U.S. Women's Open, tournament of the week, obviously. Uh, most important tournaments out there. I know we're playing at Jack's Place on the PGA Tour, but the women are playing the U.S. Women Open, U.S. Women's Open, excuse me, at Charleston Country Club. And we have, obviously, the strongest field in golf, in women's golf, probably the most important women's golf championship for the first time ever this year. You have a winner's purse of a million dollars for the first time ever for the women. Um, but all that Bad gets time. overshadowed by the one and only, the string bean, Hank Haney. Now, Scott, I know you listen to PGA Tour Radio on Sirius XM. Give me a quick rundown on what you think of Hank Haney's show. So this is the way that—I'm pretty sure— the way show prep works on the Hank Haney show. So he, I think, plans on, uh, he's going to open up where he talks about how he's responsible for all of Tiger's success. Then he takes a couple calls from callers, obviously, uh, to tell them everything they think about golf is wrong. Uh, Then he criticizes Tiger. Then he goes to another caller and tells them why they're wrong. Then he takes credit for Tiger's success. Then he will then talk about golf in a way that makes it seem like he knows what he's talking about, but I don't really know that he does. And then he takes shots at Tiger. He also, correct me That's if pretty I'm much wrong. the rundown of every single episode I've listened to. Okay, but doesn't he also just hawk needless swing gear left and right? So I, I was going to mention that. Um, however, he won't be doing that uh, for a little bit. So, oh well. So Hank Haney. But yeah, no, he he will talk about the flat cat putting grip uh, for hours on end as if it is not him advertising for a product that he endorses. Well, that's that's Hank Haney in a nutshell. So ha- yeah, Justin Ro- Justin Rose is the best putter on tour. You know why? Because he uses that flat cat putting grip. What does he do? His method, it doesn't matter. He's got the flat cat. By the way, I'm Hank Haney, and I endorse the flat cat putting grip. Well, Hank Haney's going to lose a lot of sponsors. Hank Haney decided to go on his show with, like you said, no show prep. Uh, a, Hank Haney did not know where the women were playing the U.S. Women's Open. B, Hank Haney said he couldn't name more than five women playing in it. C, Hank Haney goes on to say that it doesn't matter where they're playing. It doesn't matter what their names are because somebody named Lee is probably going to win. So Hank Haney is a um, sexist, uh, racist. Check. Uh, Check. Xenophobic uh, string bean. And the craziest part of it all, Scott, is Hank Haney was right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that it didn't age well. 
Hank. Well, I guess it did. I guess it did age well. Well, he got. He's fired. He's removed from PGA Tour Radio. Michelle, we went off. A bunch of the women, Annika, um, Sorenstam, a bunch of the women rallied and were just like, "You are a complete moron." And while I have to agree, there is part of me that is like, if I was Hank Haney, I would get on someone's podcast, <coughs> preferably ours, and just be like, mm. look, I didn't even know anything about the tournament, but I'm so, you know, um, clairvoyant that I knew Ali was going to win. However, I would challenge him with this. Technically, Ali did not win, Scott. Lee mm. six one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I looked at that and I was like, "Oh, is this just another example of golf websites screwing up player names?" But no, that that's that's her name. Well, Jiang Yong Lee six actually won at six under par. She named herself that. She actually legally changed her mm. name. Obviously, she was not born with the last name Lee six. But yeah, no. Jiang Yong Lee is the sixth Lee <coughs> from Korea, obviously South Korea for all you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, people out there that have no intelligence. Um, the sixth South Korean on tour. So I, I don't know her personality. I don't know her, but maybe she's a, a, a hilarious woman who decides that, you know what, this is how I'm going to be different. Plus, I've got the game to back it up. And mm-hmm. look... She does. She wins two strokes clear of the field on a Seth Rayner design course, the first Seth Rayner design course to ever hold uh, a major championship. And, I, I mean, you can't knock her. She killed it out there, Scott. Yeah, I mean, anytime you win a, a USGA championship, you, you have some game. Yeah, you've golfed so. your ball. So it's funny because actually on Instagram uh, story – her name had come up, and I had read about her a while ago, a few months ago or so, six, seven months, when she had done this legally. And I took a picture of the screenshot, and I put up on Instagram story, I said, greatest name in golf, question mark. And I got about five or six replies with people mm-hmm. like, no, nah, dude, I think it's a typo. They messed up. That's her score. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> technically, it was her score in relation to par, but that is oh, actually contrary. her name. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, cool. I mean, good for her. Good for her, uh, you know, going by what she wants to go by. And good for her taking home a million bucks. Yeah, if I was her at the press conference, if someone asked me about Hank Haney, because, look, if you're not asking her about Hank Haney, after you ask her all the requisite questions about winning, then you're not doing your job as a reporter. totally. totally. But if someone asks her, if I was her, my response would be uh, either who or I would say, well, actually, he was wrong. My last name is Lee Six. Yeah, exactly. She should be like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, maybe he should educate himself about, you know, who's out there because it's not just Lee's. There's Lee Sixes. <laughs> Possibly Lee Sevens. I mean, there could be. Who knows? Um. All right. So you, uh, who, who knows who's coming up? Yeah. Yeah. It could be Lee Sixteen. So moving on to the memorial, I guess we'll get all of our professional tour stuff out of the way first because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Cantlay wins a memorial kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, he's a great player, and if you would have told me that Martin Keimer was going to lose that lead, I, I would have been really surprised. But I mean. I guess I mean, Patrick Cantlay played lights out today. So yeah, it was. was you, eight, you play like that. You play like that. You deserve to win. Eight under par, correct? Uh, I think ultimately, yeah, that's where he finished. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have seen Keimer win, kind of get back into the winner's circle. Uh, it's it's been a little bit. You know, he's had his up and downs. Um, Adam Scott played great again, and then of course, early today, Twitter, Instagram, everything blows up because El Tigre. Eldrick Taunt Woods is lighting up the course. Um, again, everything is always about Tiger, and I'm on that boat 100% of the time. Do you feel – which one makes you happier? The course of his game right now, coming out, torching around and saying, hey, this is exactly where I want to be, or him going out and winning today? Uh, if he had won today, you mean? 
Yeah, if 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 he had won or what he had done on the course, which one makes you happier? Um, I mean, in, in relation to the U.S. Open coming up and where the state of his game is. I think the fact that he played great today. Because, well, I mean, yeah, for him getting another win would be nice because that would have been the record. Well, I mean, that's a technicality. Is it really the record? Yeah. Sam, well, Sam Snead had like 122 wins. Well, well, some of those are in, you know, fields that were 10 people. Right, but they were also tournaments back in the day, you know? True, I mean, it, true, it, that, true, that, true. That's, yeah, that's the problem with the PGA Tour. You can't – it's like official, you know, all-time money list. Like Jack is like 90th on the list, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> the, the, money, the, money, the all-time money list is a joke. I think Justin Leonard's in the top 10. Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt. I mean, Kuchar's like number 12. Yeah, well, yeah, he had a lot of years before Tiger got there, though. Right. So. All right, well, that, I mean, that, that's, that's way off to, uh, topic. But I agree totally. with you. So. I do not want Tiger to win until the U.S. Open. I don't want him to peak. It, he's gonna be like uh, he's only gonna you know win majors. His, yes. Follow the follow the Angel Cabrera route for the rest of his career. One hundred percent. Tell me what's wrong with that. Nothing. The man has absolutely nothing. All the money in the world, all the wins in the world, they mean nothing. They literally mean nothing. The only thing that he is chasing right now is golf immortality. That is it. I mean, you can make the argument he's already achieved that, um, but I guess you know the fact that he's he's chasing you know all time numbers. He's chasing the only thing that matters to be the number one golfer. When people think of golf a hundred years from now, if this world is still around and we haven't destroyed it in a hundred years, when people say, "Do oh, you watch golf?" Oh no, but I know Tiger Woods. Can I, can I just? Uh, I I had to take us off track here, because I'm on the PGA Tour website. I was looking at the leaderboard, like the full leaderboard. You're going down the wormhole, aren't you, Scott? They suck Jim. I I am. I did not. Well, normally that would have been what would happen. I did not get past the the first person on the leaderboard. Patrick Cantlay, right? He wins. Right. That moves him to 12 in the FedEx Cup. Correct? Uh, sure. Okay, the, well, FedEx it, Cup that, is irrelevant that, in my world, so I believe you. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, now, let me ask you a question. The Wyndham Rewards Top 10, that's tied to the FedEx Cup, correct? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's tied to something. Well, They're all in cahoots with each other. Well, he's 12th on that list, apparently. Well... He's 12th in FedEx Cup, but for some reason he's 10th or in the Wyndham Rewards Top 10. Okay. I, I I wish there was an explanation as to how that happened. No, that's awesome. Congrats to him. Yeah. it's a, But it's the same box as the FedEx Cup, so it. I just don't understand what they do. Sorry. Sorry. It was just I had to get, it was making me crazy. That's fine. That's fine. It still is. But right, back, to, back to go, what I was saying. I apologize. I... I don't care if Tiger wins. I got a, a bunch of texts from, from buddies who were like, dude, he's coming on strong. He's going to win this week. Uh, what? That's cool. I, whatever. I don't care. I got, I got wood to split in my backyard. Like, I'm not worried about it. Two weeks, mm. I'll worry about it. I just need him playing well to peak at the right time. And I don't want to hear the argument about the PGA Championship because the course was not set up for him and he hadn't played. The way that it fell into the schedule this year, it just wasn't in the cards for him, regardless that it's at a course that he could have won at. The U.S. Open and the Open Championship are two that he has legit shots at this year. Oh, yeah. And I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he won both, which would give him three in a year. Done it before. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's a large I mean, hulking man named Brooks Kepka that is also playing those tournaments, as well as 152 six of the other, you know, greatest golfers in the world. Uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, 
you got a, a resurgent Jordan Spieth, too. Yeah, I love the way he played early. I texted you a bunch of times about that. And uh, he actually didn't fall apart too bad on the weekend this time. Yeah, he faded a little bit today. But but it wasn't as, it wasn't that enormous drop-off where he went from, like, top three to, you know, tied 27th. Right, and there's also something to be said for having to fire at pins to make up a, a bunch of strokes where that's not necessarily the game that he would probably normally play. Right, right. So, no, you know, I, there's I that agree. going on, too. I agree. Hey, did you see the... Uh... Bryson getting put on the clock, our boy, you know, our namesake. <laughs> I thought, it, it, look, it's just the man is so delusional in, in the greatest way ever. I mean, it's, it's literally the greatest way possible. So they tell him, Scott, they put him on the clock, they put him on the clock twice. Afterwards in the press conference, he goes out and says, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, look, I don't know what y'all worried about out here, okay? I might take a lot of time over my shots, but I don't play slow because I walk fast in between my shots. Yeah. What? I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I was waiting for him to like break out like one of those like graphing calculators. Yes. And start to like, uh, like figure out like strokes gained walking. Or 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 seconds gained walking. It would it be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second, yes, yeah. Time gained walking or something. Perfect. Craziness like Perfect. that. Perfect. And I was just like, what, what, what is he talking about? Yes. I, I had to read. I had to read that particular article like three or four times because I did not fully understand what he was trying to get at. Well, because he's and, because and honestly, it makes no I sense. still don't. I mean, that's the reason you don't understand it. it because it doesn't make sense, Scott. He's not a rational individual uh, dealing in black and white. He deals in, like, this technicolor-ish gray area that he just... I feel like he's the type of person that thinks he knows a lot, doesn't really know much, but will talk in circles until part of you semi-believes a little bit of what he has to say. Yeah, and you know what? If he would have brought out the calculator, I think there are people who would have been like, I mean, he's got facts to back it up. He broke out a calculator. (laughs) Right, right. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, no, it, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to deal with. with him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, he, obviously he's slow. Um, I, I, uh, The only thing I understand about it or that I agree with is that it should be, like, cumulative time. You know, like, if you see, like, Keegan Bradley walk through the fairways, like, he walks like he's walking in quicksand, you know? And then yes. he takes time over the ball as well. But... The PGA Tour says that you should play a shot in under 45 seconds. Uh, Look, you've got to time Bryson, and you can clearly see that at the 45-second mark most of the time, he is still deciding club, wind, temperature, all these different variables. And he says... He's got to break out his protractor. Right. And he says, Scott, he says, look, with all the stuff that I calculate, I'm actually doing it rather quickly. Well, like, there's 155 other guys in the field that are doing the same thing in half the time, except if J.B. Holmes is in the field. Uh, no, see, they're, they're not calculating the same thing. That's the point he's trying to make, is that all of the science that he knows, because he's Bryson, he, he's able to figure out more calculations in a slightly longer period of time, which is what's giving him that advantage. Right, but they're all doing the same that, thing. <laughs> oh, no, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, they're all technically they're all doing exactly the same thing. But his, his delusional belief is that all the science stuff that he's calculating that takes more time, but it's justified. Yes. Well, whatever he needs to believe in his head, I can't wait till he actually gets a slow play penalty because I want to be there at that press conference. Yeah, no, he's that guy's crazy. Um, I want to, I want to let's let's go back to the U.S. Women's Open because um, mm-hmm. I want to talk college golf a little bit. It was a big week in college golf. You had the men's and women's national championships, and that kind of went over from last week into the beginning earlier this week. But on the women's side, you had Maria Fassi, who was the women's national champ. She finished second at the Augusta National Women's Amateur, and she just finished tied for twelfth. 
in the U.S. Open. That's a phenomenal showing. Yeah, and she, I mean, she's as as good, I think, as a, a, a golfer who's come up in, I mean, I can't remember another LPGA golfer who's kind of come up with a storm like that. Um, yeah, I think maybe the last may, one would be Lorena Ochoa. I was going to say maybe a little bit like Danielle Kang. But, okay, yep. But, but, but that, see, was, that was kind of short-lived. Right. She took a while to learn how to win on tour. Um, right. Now, obviously, Maria Fassi hasn't won yet. Um, right. I, I assume she's technically I – don't, I don't know if she was in as an amateur or not. She may have turned pro right after the national championship. Um, I'm not positive on that. I have to look There's into that, to, but um, to find that out. Yeah, check that out real quick. Uh, but she is uh, a phenom. I mean, when you go and you win the national championship, you're second the U.S. Uh, sorry, the Augusta Women's Amateur, mm. and I mean, literally, she was top five at one point in the U.S. Open. I mean, that's just unheard of in the pro game. On the guy's side, we had Matt Wolf. Um, that is looking like the phenom that everyone thinks mm. he's going to be. Uh, that's his sixth win this year, if I'm not mistaken. He had five tournament wins and the national championship. But again, what's crazy is the men's and women's national championships go stroke play to get into match play. OSU, Oklahoma State, right? Ricky's orange creamsicle mm-hmm. team goes off and wins the stroke play by I think it was 22 strokes, right? Yep. Over Texas I think was the Texas. It it was, right? I think it, I think it was Texas, yeah. Yeah, over the second place team in Texas. Then they go into the match play portion of it. Well, in the match play portion of it, OSU loses in the dark to Stanford uh on this like horseshoe putt, and it was a Stan- I think it was a Stanford freshman or a sophomore that beat one of OSU's seniors. And the names are escaping me. I, I watched. I can't remember all the names. Unfortunately, there's too many good golfers in the world for, for me to remember all of them, and I don't have them written down. Um, but it was so dark, and this kid from OSU was seniors. His putt horseshoes out, lips out to give Stanford the win. Stanford was like the eighth seed, and then Stanford goes and beats Texas. In the national final. Yep. That yep. that makes golf interesting because if you just had a stroke play tournament, which is why I think that the Olympics should go to match play, but if you had just a stroke play tournament, well, OSU dominates like they dominated all year. I mean, Matt Wolf by himself probably beat the second place team. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but but you have this actual team format, and uh, and it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal TV. Same thing last year. With Arizona, you know, absolutely, yeah. The, those college, like if if you're not watching the college, the college championships, and you're a golf fan, you're missing out on a lot. Oh, for sure, for sure. There's just uh, there's so many good amateurs out there that can play their butts off. That for for you know, one reason or another, are not going to turn pro or just aren't good to enough to turn pro we're going to middle around in the in the uh the off mini tours here or there um but the drama is just incredible you know last year was Haley Moore with that winning putt um to give University of Arizona the women's national championship this year the kid from OSU loses it and Stanford comes back to win it's crazy just good stuff Mm -hmm. Scott real good stuff Absolutely. So she did play as a pro. Okay, so she must have um, turned pro right after the national championship. And for finishing twelve, well, the the um, I, I don't know if she was tied for twelfth or not. I'm just looking that up right now. Um, but the 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 purse called for her to get a little over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, Merry so, Christmas, baby. Yeah. So I mean, if that's yeah, you're coming out right there and. You know, you, that's that's a good pay week for a lot of people, and she just did it in our first first tournament. So oh, that's more than some girls on rock, rock and roll the LPGA tour will make all year. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, because they're, I mean, the the pay disparity between them and the PGA tours 
<laughs> it's absolutely insane. Yeah. So. Um, I want to get to some other stuff, Scott. I played golf sure. before this today. Kind of like a little podcast prep, you know what I mean? I had to get myself in the mindset. Yeah, well, Patrick Cantley made a little over $1.6 million for winning the Memorial. The person who came in 12th, well, Justin Rose came in 13th. There was a bunch of guys tied for 9th. So Justin Rose, solo 13, made one hundred and ninety-one grand. So almost double what Maria Fassi made to come in 12th in a major. Right, and that is the the biggest purse all year. You, know, you take a regular yep. LPGA Tour event, and it's not even close to that. No, nah, not at all. You know, tied 12th gets like 67 grand. Yeah. Exactly. So I want to uh, I want to shift yeah, gears. Tell, uh, yeah, shift yeah, gears. Tell us from, about your round here. Yeah, you know we talk about the pro tournament a lot, but look at the heart of it all, muni courses and and what we do as amateurs is is really what golf's all about. So I took my oldest son out today to play because uh, we're we're leaving for a golf trip soon, and it was gorgeous. And uh, you know they the boys were getting on each other's nerves and just arguing about stupid stuff, playing games outside, basketball, baseball, whatever. I said, come on, let's go play golf. So we go play golf, and I said, you know what? play three or four warm-up holes, and then we'll do a little match, do a nine-hole match. We get there. There's a wedding going on. I feel bad because I have to drive through the wedding to get to the parking spot. Then i got to walk past the wedding to get into the pro shop. Then i got to walk mm. through the wedding to get the cart. Then i got to drive the gas-loud-powered cart back up the hill to the car. You know, it's just... I, I felt awful. We didn't even tee off a one. We drove all the way out to like the third hole, and you know where I'm talking about out there, right? You're, yeah, you're talking about obviously you're at a hideaway. Yeah, so. we're at a hideaway, right? So we're at the par three. So uh, him and I play from the green tees, his tees, for the first few holes, just to kind of get warmed up, and then we have our match. And mm-hmm. so I, I destroyed. You know, I dominated. Uh, one, you got to show him who's boss. I, at times, you got to give him a little bit of spanking. You know what I mean? So I won four up. Uh, he, he played very well, though. I mean, he made four pars on the nine holes, um, and he's not playing from the forward, forward tees. He's playing from one back. And so he is literally killing the ball off the tee now. He's 12 years old, and he is about 30, maybe 50 yards ahead of me on some tee shots, but... There's some holes, Scotto, where he is just pounding it past me. Hmm. That's disheartening. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that would be. But it doesn't matter because, like, that, Tiger, I'm the cagey veteran that keeps winning. Yeah, exactly. At some point, he's going he's gonna to collapse because, you know, he hasn't seen all those shots. He hasn't been in that position. Doesn't know pressure, really. Right. And once he faces that that's where you separate the men from the boys that's it literally i've got about another 2 years till he starts you know probably taking money off me <laughs> but here's here's what i want to talk about we get to the 17th hole and he had just won the previous hole with a par right i double bogeyed it he parred it and now i'm two up with two to go and we're on the 17th tee box and the 17th tee box, the tee box sits real low. And the, the fairway is probably about 30 to 40 feet above you. And there's a ravine that you need to carry, which is probably about 80 to 90 yards, just to get to mm-hmm. the top of the fairway. So with the elevation change, you're looking at probably about 120-yard carry just to get to the fairway. Well, at the right. top of the fairway are two little girls that are sitting there waving to us, and a boy in a plastic box who is rolling down the hill in a plastic box. So, hold on a second. Is this like a, like a Rubbermaid bin? Yes. It's not, it's not a cylinder, Scott. It's a box. A square yeah. plastic box. He is curled up like a packing box. He's curled up inside of it, rolling down the hill as the girls are sitting there waving to us. Um, what? <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's some strange stuff to see on a golf course. 
So I looked at my son and I said, let's were just... These part, I'm just curious, were these people part of the wedding or like... Scott, this hole... How are they there? This hole is, is, has to be a mile away from the clubhouse. It's on, it's on one of the furthest points of the wait, course. Wait, which hole is it again? This which... is 16. Okay, yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's, it's, it's near the road where you drive in. Yep. Right across the street from the downhill par 37. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> what, what? so I'm like, well, I can easily carry those girls. You know, I only need like 180 in the air to carry them. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not going to hit a ball at two little children. So I said, look, let's just move up to the 150 marker. And we'll just play it as a par three from 150. And so it probably plays like 165 uphill into the wind because it's uphill green. So I drop my ball and I'm about to hit and the girls turn around. They're just like, hi. I said, hi. Our brother's rolling down in a box. I I saw that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he is. Run along now, children. Run along. Uh, let's just leave it at that, and we can go our separate ways. <laughs> uh, so we hit and played on out, and you know I ended up winning seventeen and eighteen to you know win four up. Um, it 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 never ceases to amaze me what you will see at municipal courses. So what I suggest for people out there <clears throat> is send us an email at leave the pin in at gmail dot com. Go to our Twitter at leave underscore the underscore pin or check us out on Instagram at leave the pin and let us know what the weirdest thing you have seen on a municipal golf course because I'm guessing the people that belong to private country clubs here that listen to us Scott don't have to deal with these things uh, I just want, I mean there's houses on that course maybe the kids live in one of the houses and the, just it's later in the day, so they're just like, oh, this golf course is our personal playground now. I guess. The only thing I can think of is the course superintendent has a house on the other side of that hole, but it, it's so thick with just, like, brush and thicket and woods. I don't even know how they get through. Unless they uh, well, have, like, it, some secret way and they maybe have a tree fort or something like that. Uh, I was say, if it's the superintendent's kids, he may have cut, like, a path through and that, you know, they know about. Sure, possibly. But I, I even looked. Like, I drove up the side there, and I can't... And, Scott, that hill is steep. Yes. Like, it in the winter, you would look at it and be like, ooh, that's a sleigh-riding hill. No, it is not. You'll die. Mm. And this kid is in a square box, just rolling down it. Yeah, that that's pretty weird. Did I? Well, so uh, I'm gonna share the strangest thing I've ever seen on a golf course, and it's not anything that I've actually seen. It's just something I know happened. So, my my old course, the 17th hole, you teed off from a very elevated tee box down to the fairway. Now, there was a, an outing there on a weekend, I think. And somebody maybe had taken advantage of the beer cart a little bit too much. And he decided that it would be a good idea to see if he could jump that hill. I like this thinking. No. Oh. No, it did not go well. So the strangest thing I've ever seen on a golf course was the remnants of that cart, um, like, taped off with crime scene tape. (laughs) because they left it out there for like a good like two days until the police could conclude their investigation i don't know if it was the police or the insurance company or someone bottom line is the guy survived which is a miracle because this hill had to be like 50 feet tall and he obviously didn't jump it but the hill was in no condition to ride a golf cart down right and it it must have rolled and just fallen apart it was bad so yeah that was pretty much the strangest thing i've ever seen and then i got down there and i asked him i was like what happened with this golf cart and then i found out the story i was like oh that's not good people are phenomenal yeah no yeah it's 
You know what? It, it never ceases to amaze me what people will do when they've been overserved. Mm. Let's go with because mm. it's never their fault. Yeah, the decision making just goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I I want to uh, I want to address an issue we had a, a while back, Scotto. Um, you remember our lost episode? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do remember the last episode. So there, there's a lost episode of Leave the Pin In out there. And uh, basically what happened is I record my part, Scott records his part, we mix them, and then we upload them. Okay, a little behind the scenes there for most people. When Scott's not calling in, and you can kind of tell when Scott calls in and, and when we do it kind of, uh, uh, what do you want to say, the better way? Uh, the normal way. Right, the normal way. Okay, so Scott's computer had kind of crapped out. And it had left us without an entire half of the podcast. So we, we junked it. But we talked about this one interesting story, which I wanted to get back to. And it's been in our note sheets for the longest time. Um, and last week was a pretty short podcast. So I figured this week could be a little bit longer. You know, last week uh, we recorded live at Black Bear Golf Club in, in New Jersey, which was very cool. So, yeah, you got to balance, balance things out. Give a long one after a short one. Right. Um, I still don't know if I want to mention this guy's name. But we had an Instagram individual um, who, I, I don't know, I, I guess is popular on Instagram, want to do an interview with us. Obviously want to be interviewed on our show for him to gain exposure, for us to get a little push from him, whatever. And uh, this individual kept on kind of like skirting around the issue of coming on the show and would tell me a time to record back out this happened three or four times to the point where i just gave up and didn't even bother messaging him back anymore well he gets back to me and says hey man do me a favor like i'm so super busy just shoot me an email and my manager will take care of it and scott i'm going like manager like dude you like you have a manager yeah like you have maybe a few hundred people and like I don't know if you have a real full-time job, but your manager's probably like your buddy. And, and I get it with some of these people. Fake it till you make it. That's cool, man. So so the, the manager emails me back and says, yeah, Mr. So-and-so would love to be on the program. He listens, follows you guys on Instagram, loves everything about it. Uh, how much do you pay? Uh, I can answer that question on with the amount of fingers on no hands. How much do we pay? Let, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you the same questions I asked you that when we did this originally. So, I'm going to run down the list of some of the people that we've had, uh, or that really that you've interviewed um, for the, this podcast. All right, let's do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and go in like some order of where I kind of think they fit in significance. Okay. Right, hey, so not, gonna... not to knock anyone we've interviewed, but just obviously some people yeah. haven't been around long enough. Yeah, well, there are some people who, who have been around for a long time who have achieved certain status. Correct. Like for, like, for example, like you interviewed Jason Gore. Correct. Okay, so I would say he's probably the, the most significant person you've interviewed. I would think so. He's a, an executive right now for the USGA. He's been on the PGA Tour. He has a, a shot of 59 in a Web.com event. Actually still owns the most amount of Web.com Tour victories in history. Yeah, so that's a really significant get. Uh, how much do we pay him? Nothing. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Taryn Gregson, uh, I would say she's got a, a ton of followers uh, on social media. You know, she's on the golf or NBC golf all the time. How many followers there? Uh, no, sorry. How much we pay her? Nothing. Hmm. Uh, two web.com tour caddies who, uh, you know, are out there trying to, one, make names for themselves, make a living for themselves by playing golf. Pay them anything? Nothing. Hmm. Let me think. Who else we got? Uh, oh, um, Tad Fujikawa, for sure, yeah, how do we pay him? Zero dollars. 
Mm, yeah. Uh, Haley Moore. Nothing. Well, she can't take money. She's an am, so. She's a pro now. Still paid her nothing. Oh. Okay, great. Um, let me think. Who else we got? I'm missing it. I mean, I'm definitely missing people, but. We got, uh, remember Ben from Bruff Creek National building their own course? Oh, yeah. That, that's a, that guy's awesome. And he could have taken a ton of money to help with the course. Guess how much we paid him? Uh, zero. Zero. By the way, I mowed my lawn today, and as I was mowing it, I was thinking, like, if I was going to lay out a little pitch and putt course back here, how would I do it? You got to call I Ben have, like, up. Uh, well, I have a plan in my head of okay. like, how, because I, I obviously can't put sand traps or like actual greens in. Yes, you can. No. Yes, you can. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> it would have to be temporary. <laughs> have like like a kiddie pool filled with sand. <laughs> You could just bury What's the that? kiddie pool. What's that? It's a water, uh, water hazard or sand trap. Depends on what I put in it today. I mean, honestly, dude, the, Ben over at Bruff Creek National says that if they ever wanted to get rid of it, you could just fill in the sand traps, let everything grow out, and it would just look like a yard again. Oh, yeah, but my wife won't let me do that. Uh, is it better to ask permission or forgiveness? Hmm. Fair point. Fair point. What do you think about all the memorial milkshakes people are making a big deal out of? Um, How good can they really be? I mean, they're probably great because everyone says they're great. Yeah, but they're just milkshakes, dudes. Well, <laughs> Milk that was what I was gonna, That's what I was going to say. I mean, is that one of those things that's like, in real life, it's just pretty good. But for people on the PGA Tour who this is something special for them it has like a a certain allure that if they were just normal people going to like their local ice cream place it would just be a really good milkshake yeah that's what i think like a pimento cheese sandwich sucks in real life i wouldn't eat it but if you're at the no. masters for two dollars and fifty cents or a buck fifty in a green little I wrapper like it's a buck fifty yeah buck fifty in the green wrapper you're like hey this is a good sandwich but like it sucks dude pimento cheese sandwiches suck it's just what yeah, no, augusta it, do as the romans do right yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I don't like egg salad, but I'd pay a dollar fifty for one of those. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't just, like egg salad. Nah, I don't like cold eggs, but I'd pay a dollar fifty for it just to say I bought this egg salad sandwich for a dollar fifty, and then throw it out. Listen, you know where I worked growing up in in high school, Scott. Heck yeah. Okay, um, we used to make a special milkshake at Carvel. Now Carvel is an East Coast, really not. I shouldn't even say East Coast a northeast institution in ice cream and i worked at a carvel for three to four years in in high school and you know how at some fast food places there's like an off the menu item that if you kind of know about you can ask people to make i know very well i know you know very well scott that's why i mentioned it so mm. at carvel we used to make a cherry milkshake but the normal way to make it was with these with, with black cherry ice cream and black cherries. Mm -hmm. But we made it with vanilla ice cream and maraschino cherries and then the maraschino cherry juice. I bet you it was that, better than Jack's milkshakes. That's probably terrific. Oh, they were phenomenal. Phenomenal. I ate my weight in them or drank my weight in them. You like the milkshakes that are so thick you can't even get them through the straw? Nah, I hate that. It's, the, it's stupid. Eat it with a spoon. So we have one of these, like, it's an ice cream place. It's, in all honesty, it, if I could walk a certain way, it's probably walking distance to my house. However, uh, I think if I walk that way, I would die because there's, like, all sorts of crazy woods in between us and that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, they make a milkshake, which they will make extra thick for you. However, they advise against it. What do you think? It's going like, to get clogged in your, in your esophagus? Well, I asked. I was like, what's up with that? Like, is the regular shake that thick, that you, the extra thick one? And the owner was like, no. He's like, a milkshake shouldn't be that thick that you have to strain yourself to drink. Like, you should be able to drink a milkshake without having to, like, tax the muscles in your jaw. Yeah, for sure. He's like, he's like so I will make a thick milkshake... But I don't believe in it. I like this That's guy. why I charge extra. This guy's my soulmate. 
<laughs> his, name, his name's Joe. He owns Joe's Dairy Bar. Joe's Dairy Bar. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, or, or as I like to refer to it, JDB. I like that better. I like acronyms over everything. There was a, a fake Carvel up by me here, um, which is no longer a business, but it was called Cabells. It was C-A-B-E-L-S, and it was in the same script as Carvel. I was going to say, did, did they use the same script? <laughs> yeah, because they made the R, like the R and the V into a B, but they made the B look like an R. It was it's so, it was hilarious. I never ate mm. there, just just out of out of spite. I I would eat there and just be like, this place is just like Carvel. <laughs> Where? <laughs> exactly. What what's Carvel? I have no idea. I go to Cabell's. Hey, uh, next week, Scott, I want to get into the worst golf shot you've ever hit, and maybe some of the people out there will also give us some uh, of their worst golf shots that they've ever hit. Uh, also, we got to talk next week about Phil ripping the USGA. I figure as we get closer to the U.S. Open, that'll be a good talking point. Yeah, I think that'll be awesome. And uh, in between now and then, I'm sure there'll be more people taking shots at the USGA. So it'll give us maybe uh, an opportunity to feature some of those. Without a doubt. Um, I also want to tell that I started kind of, I don't know, I don't know if you want to say giving back, but but patronizing some of the smaller golf companies that are out there. Um, a few people that I've kind of become close with on Instagram and have messaged back and forth, um, Origin Golf Club out of Portland, Oregon, uh, Radry Golf, and Birds of Condor, which are out of California. And so I just purchased some items for them, so I'm waiting for them to come in this week and, and uh, give a little rundown on next week's pod about some of them, some of the small, cooler brands that are out there. There's, there's so many little individualized brands that are out there that you know maybe have a little bit of internet presence, but, but mostly it's like a, uh, you know, an Instagram-type following, a Wahoo Golf Apparel, another one of those small little companies. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of, I think, really cool little companies. A lot of the companies that are kind of more well-known now started out as small companies. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, Travis Matthew right now. Yep. I mean, Link they started out as, yeah, they, start, they started out kind of as nothing. You know, Travis Matthew now, you know, purchased by Callaway. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a good market. Um, I actually got some shirts the other day. I have like one of those like monthly subscription boxes, um, and I get golf apparel sent to me once a month. Most of the time, I don't keep it, but this month I kept. Uh, it's a it's Southern Golf Company. Um, that's actually the name of the, and they make really nice polos. So hmm, I've never heard of that. Me neither until I got it, and I was just like, eh, "This isn't bad." It was a like a pink and like light blue stripe. Looked look pretty nice, so. Hung on to it. All right. You have to put a picture of that up on Instagram for the people to see. I'm uh, probably going to wear it to work tomorrow. Okay. So. Hey, uh, Maybe I will. I, let's, uh, you want to do some rundowns with our sponsors and all that stuff? Let people know what's out there. Yeah, let's go for it. And by the way, if uh, you're, you're listening, I hope you are, uh, you may have just heard like a, a loud wind. I'm outside and all of a sudden a really stiff wind and a very strong rain. Uh, came by my house. I'm not wet, though. Because <laughs> it passed right in front of my deck and did not get me wet at all. Yeah, I, uh, I had to get up and shut the door because the wind just started to pick up here. I'm in the, uh, in the kitchen, but I had the door mm -hmm. to the deck wide open. And uh, it's blowing out now. I hope my umbrella doesn't fly away. Mm. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Go for Scott, it. tell the people, follow us on Twitter, right? At leave underscore the underscore pin on instagram at leave the pin email us at leave the pin in at gmail.com or give us a call at 843-608-0013 leave us a voicemail we'll get you on the pod uh just remind people out there scott they can also sponsor our podcast and help out we have people sponsoring us for as little as 99 cents a month 
and we will gladly uh, work with you in order to get your ideas and topics on the podcast and spoken about and reach a, a much broader market. Um, I want to thank our two big sponsors, one we played with last week, which was Dan from Train on Main. You can find them on Instagram. They're the Train on Main from Northeast Pennsylvania, not the other one, which is in like Wisconsin or, or uh, Wyoming or Seattle, Washington, or something like that. I, I think I found a Kentucky one at one point. Yeah, there's, I'm sure there's a few, but, but his website is train-on-main.com. They got a black and white logo, Train on Main. Dan, great personal trainer and does a ton of golf fitness. And then also our big sponsor and where I write my blogs over at, swingjuice.com. Find them on the internet. Find them on Instagram. Um, John from Swing Juice is just a marketing genius and just has mm. fantastic ideas for apparel. Every time a new shirt comes out, I'm like, ugh, I need that one as well. So find them on swingjuice.com as well as Instagram. Scott, anything else for the people out there? Uh, no. Oh, you know what? I mentioned it. I, I found the link to my old blog. So you mentioned blogging. So I will share some of those on the next episode because some of the takes that I had eight years ago about the PGA Tour are very, very relevant today. And to be honest with you, quite hysterical. Uh, no Hank Haney-esque takes? There's a Hank Haney one in there. Awesome. There's one where I'm commenting about Hank Haney. Awesome. I hope it's hate and vitriol that you spew at him. Uh, yes. A little bit. That's my boy. A little bit. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you.